my, my big tip would be like making sure you're mapping that out building out your structure outside of facebook don't even touch anything in there don't build your audiences out or anything until you've got a clear plan in your head otherwise it just becomes a it comes a bit of a mess because you you're kind of doing it on the fly and it never works out well all right hello everybody uh welcome back to another episode uh this week i have uh, dan has popped into the office we're going to talk about account structure on hey, facebook ads how are you dan yeah good nice to be in again yeah um, good to see a few more faces so. good to see your face yes yeah like, seen it a lot like, on zoom non-pixelated face yeah or freezing in random positions yeah and getting it screenshotted into slack <laughs> But yeah, no, this should be good. This should yeah. be good. And um, thank you for everyone for listening in. Uh, if it's your first time, uh, please do go and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, leave us a rating review. Uh, those things are very kind and very much appreciated. So Dan, um, yes, the topic of this episode is account structure, Yep. which I think is the fundamental core to everything. Yeah. the center of the universe uh, before we dive into that it's early september mm-hmm. the nights are going to start drawing in soon which oh, is God. a horrible thought yeah but what's happening in the world of paid social what's your what's your thing of the week i think of the week is so facebook are rolling out a design change once again um thanks seems you, like they're doing one facebook. every couple of months yeah thanks facebook always do it right before the busy time of year as well um and now the team seem to have appear to be on four different versions of the design so so like it's very practical got... when you're working from home and you're remote and you're trying to say oh find it here and no one knows what you're talking about i had an example on monday i was saying look at the change history click the clock set um, icon and i was just getting back there is no clock icon and it was just uh, it was a good laugh but it's it can become a little bit frustrating when they change stuff without really telling you or giving you much notice and making everyone be on different versions. I don't really understand. I mean, why not just make everyone's life slightly harder? Exactly. But on a positive note, um, social day was last week. Yes. Which really uh, we attended. I did a presentation out on the last day and um, we were all at ads camp. Mm-hmm. which was supposed to be in Cologne in Germany. That was at the beginning of Lockdown. March? Yeah, it was like eight, end of March. Just as April. everything started going mental, right? Yeah. That was an amazing online event. And Social Day as well was just such a great online conference. Yeah. Loads of people, loads of interaction, really slick and well-organized. So um, if you haven't attended Social Day before, I mean, if that was the online event... I can imagine the in-person one's going to be amazing. So that was a real positive from last week. Awesome. Um, and uh, we're starting to plan for Christmas, aren't we? Yeah, it's, exci- it's really exciting. It's my favourite time of year, even though it's so busy. Just, I mean, it's weird thinking about Christmas in September for a lot of people, I guess. But for us, it's like August, September is when we really start planning it out. And yeah, yeah I'm excited. I think, especially with Black Friday, I, with online sales are probably going to be higher than ever because people are still not going into stores as much as they were previously so Mm -hmm. i think especially paid social and paid search there's a big opportunity this year to really if you get that right i think a lot of brands are going to be successful from it it is a really exciting couple of weeks isn't it yeah 
Uh, imagine it's like if you liked March Madness basketball stuff in the US and how crazy all the draft stuff is with that. I imagine it's for us, it probably feels the exact same thing. Is that how there's so much yeah. going on? You've got to be agile, and it's just it's a lot of fun. It's yeah, really rewarding at the end of it. Seeing yeah. the results, but planning ahead is key, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And it kind of comes into this this account structure sort of thing and if you're playing a separate campaign why structure is so important and planning ahead yeah yeah definitely so there's three things three things of the week yeah which is pretty cool so yeah all good right so account structure um first off like why is it so important to make sure that your account structure is correct and right i just think it's like you said earlier it's the fundamental like if you don't get it right even if you don't see the impact of not having the correct structure straight away, when you try to either scale or just take things a little bit further down the road, you're going to stumble into some issues and then it's going to, it's just going to be a bit of a hassle for you to then rectify that yep. in the future. Yep. It's kind of, there's a really, there's a real practical side to it, isn't there? Like yep. a overly complex or not particularly well thought through account structure makes life unnecessarily difficult yeah and it's kind of we've seen i mean we've audited and seen accounts um sure you've seen loads in your time like if you i think if you get into an account and you can't understand what's going on in the first 30 seconds the structure's not right and you need to kind of have a look at it again like you said about granularity and things like you can sometimes tell when someone works in search but hasn't got doesn't work in paid social like as a full-time role and they'll structure it in a way that's maybe a little bit too granular for how Facebook doesn't really play to its strengths when things are too niche and too yep. narrow. So then, again, the structure there will limit you. If you try to scale spend, it probably will work on a, on a, an amount, yeah, like a small budget, but as soon as you want to push it, you're going to run into a lot of problems. So that's why it's important to get it right first time. Yeah, definitely. I guess there's though, that's the second side to it, isn't it? Yeah. Like improving performance. So yeah. one is practically how easy is this thing to manage yeah and report on and like you say can you go in and know exactly what's going on really really quickly the second side particularly i think with facebook is playing to the platform and the pixel strengths Mm -hmm. so getting the right volume through the ad sets you know not going too granular but not going too broad exactly do you think that's kind of the sum of it yeah i think it's like all the performance will come from having that structure perfect. Um, so basically having that first, it's kind of like building a house and they get your foundations right. Yeah. Everything comes from that. So yep. yeah, I, I mean, we'll go into this in a bit more detail in a minute, but like you just got to have, really have a think about it and don't rush into making the decisions just to get campaigns going. Or if you're under pressure to, oh, we need to get something live now. It's like, it's going to come back to bite you on the ass in the future if you, if you don't easy go yeah. easy yeah go easy but Take you definitely time. have to it's such a big deal you do have to think about it give it thought and plan it before yeah you dive into certain campaigns exactly. live yeah so what we always do um is we'll never just go okay this is what we think the structure might look like and just start playing around and building it out into facebook ads manager which i imagine some people probably do it's tempting though isn't it yeah. so you take on a new account or a new client comes on board everyone's really excited yeah. just really want to get going exactly but there's a real discipline isn't there in yeah. kind of right no 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 stand back Think plan of, it yeah and then yeah and it's, then go. it's basically mapping it out so kind of like what we do is we'll take a step back we'll 
people will use this in different ways, but we, we basically use like a shared Google Doc with a client. We'll literally map out funnels. So if I use e-commerce as an example, we'll have the standard top funnel, middle funnel, bottom of the funnel. And what we really want to do is step back and go, okay, what, what, audiences, what audiences do we want to run in that top funnel? What do we want to exclude? Is it acquisition? So we need to exclude all customers and things like that and really paint the whole structure and the picture of it out across the journey the customer wants to take. Mm-hmm. One, it gives you a good understanding of what you're running and helping you scale and what performance is like and where your quick wins are coming from. And two, it's just that's your bedrock to them when you want to say if you're spending 10 grand a month when you start, if you want to start pushing to 20, 30, you can clearly see where it's working in the funnel and where you need to improve or where you can push that spend further and test more and try more things. And it just makes your life so much easier from a management perspective. Yep. Yep. And also everyone's starting on the same page. Yeah, exactly. And the the visualization of that plan, I think, is really useful as well, particularly for a client where, you know, the difference between campaign objectives and campaign types and audience types and it can get very jargon jargononic exactly jargon central (laughs) like really quickly can't it yeah whereas it's quite it's good i think it's just a good exercise to map that out and i think visually when you're trying to show it like you said with a client majority of them will visually respond to it like you said if you're as soon as you get into the technical side and writing it down they'll one they'll either switch off or two you'll just see them on a call just become quite disinterested because they don't really know what's going on but too polite because we're british to say anything so having that visual structure is really good and then it's also something everyone can always go back and refer to yeah in the the future so yeah 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 map my my big tip would be like making sure you're mapping that out building out your structure outside of facebook don't even touch anything in there don't build your audiences out or anything until you've got a clear plan in your head yeah otherwise it just becomes a it comes a bit of a mess because you you're kind of doing it on the fly and it never works out well. That's the worst thing to do, isn't yeah. it? I think doing it on the fly. Yeah. Um, Which people do, and you can have some success from it, but it will never get you to where you want to be in in the future. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And um, where do we like? Where where do we where do you start with account structure? Like, what would be obviously every business, every account, every campaign is going to be different yeah but what's the starting point for a simple structure that you can expand on like what would you recommend people start with i so we kind of i guess sometimes when you want to prove the value of the channel like we uh nine times out of ten that's what our remit is good reference to Um, our new website exactly coming soon um we want to prove the value so sometimes we'll build from the bottom up yep so we'll look at okay where can we win things in retargeting? So I'll look at the structure around, has this been running in the past? Have there, is there any results I can look at where there's been either strong ROAS or strong CPA or if it's a lead-based thing like cost per lead and work out where those, if they're running that. If they're not, there's a quick win there for me straight away because nine times out of 10 retargeting is going to be your best performer. But yeah. you are limited with the amount you can spend in that funnel. And then it's building up so thinking, okay, if people if I want to get people to the site, who are those warmer audiences? Then you start thinking about that mid funnel, and then eventually everyone wants to acquire new customers. So then it's like, okay, top funnel, what am I thinking about? Who do we want to target? 
again, have they run anything in the past? Like lookalikes, interests, is there anything I can glean from this account for my new for the structure that will really work? There's normally some something in there, some bones of something that's worked, even if the structure's not quite there. And then you're just building out from there. Start with that and then basically your structure will probably grow. Like it, on a, a normal account, so if you're just running like an ad set budget, which is Facebook's standard way of doing things, you'd probably have a top funnel campaign, mid funnel, bottom. How's your ad sets and or your audiences in there? Yep. So you can build out new things. So that's where you, where you be with that. And you build out on a campaign budget. It's slightly different, which I guess we'll get onto in a minute. Yeah. Um, where the so structure this is probably where everything has changed quite dramatically over the last 12 months, even though it's not mandatory. It's, CBO is still a big part of yeah. account structure now, isn't it? Yeah. So you used to be able to do basically like two or three campaigns, even in yeah. quite a big spending account, and then have all your ad sets within there, yeah. right? Whereas now, CBO, even if you don't have to use it, is wise to at least use it for... You're going to use it for a part of it yeah, anyway, aren't exactly. you? How does, how does it look now? So it's kind of... It just makes you think about it in a bit of a different way. So instead of those little individual campaigns, you're like, you have to feel, think a little bit more technically. Like, So one of the things we've discovered and a lot of people have is lookalikes, for example, you've got variants from 1% to 10%. If you try to group a 2 a 5 a 10 they vastly differ in audience size, especially if you were targeting the US. Facebook's always going to, in if you had an audience, say, of past purchases, put three versions of a lookalike there, they're always going to prefer spending the money in the larger audience because it thinks it can find more people in that audience. It's going to learn quicker, get through the learning phase. Um, and then it's, so it's going, to, it's going to wait more budget there, even if you think and you see results where your CPA, for example, is actually better in the smaller one. It's just how it, how that system works. It's, it's got more to play with. Yeah. So, and is that that's the case, even if both of those ad sets are optimized for you know, a purchase conversion? Yeah. Even if the ROAS is better on the smaller audience, Facebook are likely, yeah, everything's different, but fairly likely to spend the money in the bigger audience, even exactly. if the ROAS is better on the smaller one. Exactly, yeah. Because he thinks there's more potential in that audience. One of the things we really find is if you combine, because interest as well, are so they're quite broad audiences. Yeah. If you combine that with a 2% lookalike, we've seen sometimes if you have no you're not watching that account at all it will just put all the money into the interest mm -hmm. and when we were testing it before it became mandatory and then didn't become mandatory we were like right we need to change the approach here otherwise we're going to be spending money left right and center and not really under yeah. having no con you what struck part big part of structure is control on the budget as well and this made you lose a lot of that control yeah that's a really um, good point so the structure we kind of implement now is group your two percent lookalikes together in one campaign if it's like a purchase a lookalike or a view content lookalike or an engaged Instagram lookalike. Group the number of the lookalike together. So group by the percentage size, the percentage. not the type of seed type of, data. Yeah, exactly. That seems to be working quite well at the moment um, for us. Um, and it, it, it also helps you to scale that out a little bit um, further. Interest, keep them separate. Um, and then the other thing is you don't ever want five, six, seven, eight ad sets in those campaigns now you want to so if you had within your, the cbo within ones. the cbo so say you had your two percent lookalike you've got four or five really strong audiences in there that are working really well you don't want to add to it because you're adding something new into an ai algorithm that's then 
trying to learn with something brand new in it. It's like you're like you're chucking some a grenade into somewhere when it thinks, oh, this is all good and rosy. So if you wanted to build out a few more two percent lookalikes on some other seed data, like Black Friday, an example, past Black Friday purchases, people that buy in a sale, you don't really want to put them in with your normal business as usual stuff. So you build out a separate campaign. Whereas before you just add it in in the old way, you just add it in to your Set the daily budget on the outset. And you've got full control over that. So this is just giving you that control and not letting Facebook. So the reason so you're basically saying if you've got say you've got your two percent CBO campaign. Yep. Or your two percent look like CBO campaign is started figuring out what's working, it's got through that learning phase, it's doing pretty well. The last thing you want to do is throw a new ad set into that mix because Facebook may well go Ooh, shiny new audience. Yeah. It will either put money into it or it will just go, no, you're like the ugly duckling. I don't want to I don't want to touch you because I don't actually know what you're going to do to the performance of this. And obviously it's Jesus. the the CBO and the AI and Facebook. It's good, but it's geared to getting the best results. Yeah. And I think it's like putting a different variable into the mix, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You're it's not sure. So Yeah. Good thing to have as well as a testing CBO. Okay. So like we've tried this with a few clients like if you're not sure if an audience is going to work, create an ad, uh, a, a CBO, which is like testing audiences or something. Yeah. If you've got four you want to test, put them in there, let Facebook work out for a CBO how it's going to work, and then move the winners into another separate campaign. And then you're yep. just constantly supplementing stuff in. Learning changes in there, but it doesn't really matter because it's not like it's stuff you're running all the time. Yeah. Um, we're doing that for one of our clients at the moment just because we're trying to build out ahead of time what we could utilize when budgets grow for q4 yeah so that's working really well um whereas before in well or if you're running an ad set budget you could just put a test audience in with what you already had and it had no impact on yeah anything else you were running in there but this requires like a pretty good technical understanding of the ad platform yeah you know because i was i was looking at an account last week week before CBO campaign and it it had uh, purchase lookalikes in there, interest audience, yep. there's um, you know engagement lookalikes, and month by month, and this was big spend. Month by month, Facebook had gone. Oh, I'll spend all my money on that one. Yep. Then the next month, I'll spend pretty much all the money on that one. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the one with the best ROAS is hardly getting any attention. Yeah. So this. I guess like the third point of account structure is control and it's making sure that that doesn't happen Yeah, to exactly. the best of your ability, right? Yeah, you, you can set minimum and maximums on a campaign budget optimization, which is basically saying a budget on the ad set, which you could have done anyway, but it might not listen to that. It's just like a, please spend £50 a day on this ad set minimum, but it doesn't have to if it doesn't think it's going to get a good result. So I like CBO, especially for like the top funnel um, because it, it's quite spiky sometimes with those broader audiences of what would work. Yeah. Um, but we've kind of got that hybrid approach now and structure where we'll have top funnel campaign budget optimization, let Facebook use their AI to work out what's working on a daily basis. As we get lower down the funnel and the audiences become a bit more narrower, yep. we want the control over what's being spent there. Yeah. Um, especially in retargeting, we don't want them to push the frequency too high and things like that, which could easily happen if you just set a, a whatever budget to spend yeah, across yeah. four audiences yeah. so easily easily done there. It's easily done um but yeah but just it's just 
it makes you think a lot more with that CBO in terms of structure than you would have probably before. It makes it look a bit messier than it actually is yeah. in the campaign view. But it definitely requires more understanding. Yeah, which is why the visual step back, map it out, and then yeah. show it to the client looks so much better because yeah. if they dropped into the account to have a look at it, they'd be like, what's going on yeah. here? But it's ironic, isn't it? Because I think the uh, on the surface, CBO is, oh, it makes life easier. I set one budget, Facebook yeah. will figure out what to do with it. But actually, like to make it work properly requires so much more understanding than yeah. previously. Exactly. Um, than you needed previously. Yeah. Uh, I've got a question. Um, what makes you shudder? Oh. <laughs> When it comes to account structure, like really like rattle your bones. I think it's the thing I said earlier is when you just go in and you just have no idea what's going on. It doesn't look like there's been any control over anything. And you're just like, how has this been left left to run of its own accord? Um, who that's created what makes, this? Who created this? That's the thing that makes me shudder because if, you ha- if, if that was just left to its own devices, God knows yep. what's going on. Yeah. Um, that's my, that's what... When I see an account like that, I'm like, oh, God. The thing that irks me are, and this is following on from that you you really kind of went through how much thought needs to go into yeah. planning your structure. And uh, it's campaigns based on things, like individual things. Oh, yeah. So a campaign for, you know, you've got a campaign for that product and a campaign for that product and a campaign for that event then a campaign for that. Yeah kind of that ppc mindset yeah mindset i guess but like that just pulls away from all of that kind of benefit of structure yeah um but yeah that always like, yeah. god this could be so much yeah. better my other one as well is um then when naming conventions are not oh, consistent yeah. you mentioned that last time um yeah I, i'll you'll probably if i'm on this again you'll probably hear me mention naming conventions every time it's the most simple thing but like the amount of accounts i've seen that just don't have any sort of structure like one thing might be named like four seven nine one with the ad and it's for the name of the ad and you're like well what is that like is it yeah you, whereas if you've got a good naming convention one you can report on it easily and two you can just know what's going on at a, yep. a quick glance like name your audiences what they are so ad sets should have the audience yeah like so this yeah. is my top funnel two percent lal lal is like look alike the, the acronym that most people use past purchases or 30 day purchases and just i just want to know what i'm looking at straight away and i imagine if a client and i always think if a client goes in there and they just want a quick snapshot they know or if i send them a google data studio report they, they know exactly what's going on yeah. they can at least reference to this and ask a question if they need yeah. to as if it's just random numbers or random dates and underscore this underscore that dash something <laughs> I've seen, and some people use their UTM conventions because it maps up to their analytics, and it just looks a mess. And just yeah. it's so hard. To, it, actually, that's a, more of a bugbear for me. Oh, actually, than what I was saying before, I'm going on a rant now. <laughs> what the U- UTM parameters? <laughs> no, well, the UTM parameters are then used in like the structure of it. Used oh, for the right. set name and things as well. Right. So, it's just, yeah, we can get onto UTM parameters on structure, but that's completely like. I don't even want to go simple, there. Keep, keep it consistent. Keep it simple and consistent. It makes your life easier on the reporting, looking into your structure, what's working day to day, and what you need to when you're making your optimizations, like what you need to yep. look at and yep. change and adapt. 
But the less time you have to spend on picking stuff, the better. The more time you have to make a decision yeah. and start optimizing and improving things. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just so beneficial. Exactly. The more you don't want to be like, what's this again? Digging into it, maybe having to like open everything up. Oh yeah, that's what that was. Yeah. You've wasted five minutes. Yep. So yeah. imagine doing that on multiple audiences. Oh, or in multiple campaigns if you hadn't got the right structure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. This, again, it's simple, isn't it? Yeah. But like so valid and important. I think account structure and like naming conventions, everyone probably thinks, Oh, that's the basics, but the basics are what set you up for success. Yep. Um yep. without that you've literally got nothing. Ah. Oh. What a great point. What a great point. Yeah. Um, we're almost at the end of this chat. Um, what would your, I guess, like account structure, what would your biggest takeaway? I know we've talked about loads yeah. of them. Um, what the one thing you want to say about account structure that people should remember? I think it's why I said right at the start, so it's good that we're covering this again, is take that step back, give yourself time to breathe, map it out visually for yourself, for your team, for your client and then build it out from there it's just going to make your life so much easier and it's something to refer back to in the future excellent stuff well look thanks so much dan for coming on another episode no worries hopefully i'll be back again soon i'm sure you will be yep. unless we receive any feedback that says yeah. you shouldn't um, <laughs> like, please be nice <laughs> please. um but yeah thanks everybody for listening as I mentioned earlier, please do go and subscribe, Spotify, iTunes, all the usual places, and we shall see you next time. Thank you. Cheers, everyone.